I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to our Real News Deep Dive. Today, we are taking a close and detailed look at the intricate and tumultuous journey leading to the tragic death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Known for his outspoken criticism of President Vladimir Putin and his relentless fight against corruption in Russia, Navalny's story is one of courage, perseverance, and the ultimate sacrifice. So sit back as we unfold the events that ended in heartbreak for many and sparked conversation and controversy around the globe. In the unsettling silence of a Siberian sky, a man's life hung in the balance aboard a domestic flight. An ordinary journey that would soon catapult into a perilous fight for survival. Alexei Navalny, an opposition leader who dared to challenge Vladimir Putin's grip on power, suddenly fell ill, his system seemingly hijacked by an invisible assailant. It was August 20th, 2020, and the gravity of this incident was only just beginning to unfold. Upon landing, Navalny was rushed to a hospital in Omsk, where he succumbed to unconsciousness. A cup of tea at Tomsk's Bogoshevo airport was the mundane preface to this life-threatening drama, which his spokesperson argued wasn't just tea, but a chalice of poison. Yet, within the sterile confines of the Russian medical facility, doctors found no trace of toxins in his blood or urine, no concrete answers to appease the growing fear and speculation. Undeterred, his team fought for Navalny's transfer to Berlin's Charité Hospital, where after initial resistance from the Russian doctors, they caved. Once in Germany, the narrative quickly morphed. German doctors confirmed the unthinkable. They had detected a substance that had no place in an ordinary tea, nor in the body of a man, the deadly Novichok nerve agent. It was a revelation that set off international shockwaves, igniting unequivocal proof from German officials that Navalny was indeed the victim of an assassination attempt. Chancellor Angela Merkel implored the Russian government for answers, labelling this an attempted murder that demanded explanation. Across the world, a chorus of condemnation rose in crescendo, insisting on an unfettered investigation, yet from within the walls of the Kremlin, denials echoed, rejecting accusations as baseless. Navalny's prognosis teetered between shades of hope and dread. By September 7th, he emerged from an artificial coma, his life no longer slipping through the fingers of medical professionals. In Siberia, his allies secured victories amid local elections, a glimmer of defiance against the status quo. Further compounding the tension, laboratories in France and Sweden corroborated the German findings, pointing unwaveringly at the same poison, Novichok. French President Emmanuel Macron called for transparency, but in response, 
Putin only condemned the accusations he faced as unwarranted. On Instagram, Navalny signalled to the world that he was breathing unaided, accompanying the message with a gaunt image of himself, flanked by family in his Berlin hospital bed. By late September, there were traces of Novichok on a bottle in his Siberian hotel room, and he demanded the return of his clothes from the ill-fated day. A plea for the threads of evidence that might expose the truth of his ordeal. A discharged Navalny faced a semblance of normalcy, with doctors suggesting complete recovery might be on the horizon. Yet back in Russia, the regime had frozen his assets during his time in the coma. A stark reminder that recovery wouldn't just be physical, but a reclamation of his life and rights. And then... A bold accusation cut through the din of news cycles and political manoeuvrings. Navalny, no longer the victim lying upon a hospital bed, accused Putin himself of orchestrating the poisoning. A chilling narrative featuring a secret team of FSB assassins and a phone call publicised by Navalny showcased an alleged confession by an FSB agent about the botched murder. In what felt like a relentless barrage of threats and manoeuvres, Russia's prison service demanded demanded Navalny's urgent return. December saw him in a battle against time and authority. Court documents in January reinforced the constraints of attempting to tether him, but announced his return to Mother Russia, unflinchingly declaring, they tried to kill me. He was back on Russian soil by January 17th, 2021, only to be detained upon arrival. His freedom snatched, just as his feet touched the ground, setting the stage for a Russia ready to incarcerate its most vocal critic. And for Navalny, a battle in courtrooms, and ultimately in the confines of a penal colony that would tragically become his last battleground. The man who brazenly challenged President Putin's rule faced a myriad of legal troubles that captured global attention. After surviving a near-fatal poisoning with the deadly Novichok nerve agent, Navalny, still convalescing from the ordeal, found himself ensnared in a spider's web of legal proceedings, defying the odds and the very government that many believed had orchestrated the attempt on his life. The first legal strike came in December 2020. Based on flight records and other data, investigative reports claimed a sinister team from Russia's FSB security service had been stalking Navalny For years, amidst this revelation, Russia's prison service issued an ultimatum demanding Navalny immediately return from Germany or face jail time for allegedly violating parole, parole from a suspended sentence that had been hanging over his head. Undeterred, Navalny made a bold announcement in January 2021. It was never a question of whether to return or not, he declared, because I never left. His planned return wasn't just a homecoming. It was a challenge to an establishment that in his eyes had tried to kill him. Navalny's courage electrified many of his followers, an incandescent defiance against a system he criticised as corrupt and repressive. And so, on January 17th, Navalny boarded a plane to Moscow. The moment his flight touched down, the authorities detained him, sparking immediate international condemnation and a chorus of demands for his release. Yet the Kremlin's gears did not grind to a halt. The next day, In a makeshift courthouse at a police station far from the public eye, a judge mandated Navalny be remanded to pre-trial detention for 30 days for the alleged parole infraction. 
this was just a prelude to what would unfold on February 2nd when a Moscow court sentenced Navalny to serve over two years in prison, sending a clear message. It didn't take long for Navalny to protest against the sentence and prison conditions through a three-week hunger strike, demanding adequate medical treatment and claiming sleep deprivation the echoes of his defiance resounded within the prison walls and beyond. Despite the outpouring of support and protest that surged through the streets, the Kremlin's stance only hardened. In a subsequent trial branded by many as a farce, Navalny's sentence was extended by another nine years for embezzlement and contempt, charges widely dismissed as politically motivated. Throughout these extended courtroom battles, Alexei Navalny stood resilient against the pressures, yet even in captivity, his voice would not be stifled. Navalny called on the people of Russia to not fear, but to fight for their future. It was his indomitable spirit in the face of relentless legal and physical burdens that etched his place in the annals of contemporary dissent. Alexei Navalny's time behind bars was a gauntlet of relentless pressure that seemed insurmountable even for a man with his resolve. From the very onset of his incarceration, Navalny faced not just the physical walls of a prison cell, but a maze of systemic hurdles designed to compound his misery and suppress his influential voice. The penal colonies where he served his sentence became a crucible, a testing ground of his spirit and health. In the grim expanse of Russia's prison system, Navalny would serve out a sentence first set at two and a half years for parole violation, an accusation widely denounced by his supporters and international observers as politically motivated. The hardships he endured were manifold, with reports swirling of a lack of adequate medical treatment and gruelling conditions. The ordeal struck an alarming crescendo when Navalny embarked on a hunger strike, protesting against what he described as the denial of urgent medical care a move that captivated global attention as a desperate cry against the injustices he faced. Russia's political chessboard played on unforgivingly, as Navalny's presence rattled the Kremlin even from his cell. An additional nine-year term was added to his sentence for charges of embezzlement and contempt of court. A verdict met with scepticism and scorn by his allies, who argued these were fabricated to silence their champion for good. Transferred to a maximum security facility in the stark Vladimir region, Navalny's resilience was tested to extremes. In a world where every minute detail could be a pretext for punishment, a misbuttoned garment or a face unwashed at the stipulated time was enough to warrant solitary confinement, a dreaded isolation that became all too familiar. Moulded by steel and frost, the confines of the Vladimir prison were a foreboding reality a far cry from the bustling streets where Navalny rallied the crowds. Despite the waning latitude for resistance, Navalny weaponized his intellect and influence to incite change within the penitentiary, endeavoring to form a labor union amid the systematic oppression. These efforts frequently met with retaliation as officials placed him in solitary confinement repeatedly, an attempt presumably to break his resolve and diminish his call for change. Even from the confines of his cell, Navalny's voice reverberated across 
across the globe, sending ripples through social media and landing death strikes against a regime he unabashedly accused of corruption. He urged Russians to protest, to vote, to not succumb to indifference, even as his own situation grew precarious. His health became a recurring source of distress for his family, supporters and an international community that closely followed his plight. As more than 400 Russian doctors publicly implored an end to Navalny's harsh treatment, painting a disturbing picture of abusive jail conditions, there was an ever-mounting concern for his well-being. Reports emerged of Navalny suffering from severe stomach pain and suspicions of slow poisoning arose, crafting an ominous cloud of worry that relentlessly loomed over his head until that fateful day in February when the tragic news of his death swept across airwaves, signalling the end of his indomitable struggle within the walls that had sought to contain him. The story of Alexei Navalny's final chapter is as complex as it is troubling, leading us from a courtroom to the harshness of penal colony number six, known as the Polar Wolf, located above the Arctic Circle. On a seemingly ordinary day, Navalny lost consciousness after taking a walk within the prison grounds. The medics on site could not revive him, and the official statement from the prison service was terse and cryptic failing to account for the circumstances that precipitated his sudden death. This is where the narrative splinters into a myriad of heart-wrenching and disputable accounts. Navalny's mother, Lyudmila Navalnaya, faced a grim situation. She was brought to a morgue to identify her son's body and sign his death certificate. In a poignant video address, she revealed that despite her grief, she encountered resistance from Russian authorities who were pressuring her for a secret burial. The claim is staggering. Authorities dictating the final rights of a mother for her beloved son, demanding she agree to their opaque terms over the place, time and manner of Navalny's burial. The cruelty lingered in her words as she recounted being blackmailed and coerced into compliance with ominous threats made against the remains of her child. Amidst this turmoil, Yulia Navalnya, Alexei's widow, levelled a serious allegation. Navalny was killed by Russian authorities. Behind the bereaved family's personal tragedy, Navalny's passing sparked a global commotion evoking a range of responses from diplomatic corridors to the streets where he once galvanised public dissent. Serene memorials assembled by supporters were quickly quashed by Russian officials. His allies were dismayed, faced with the sudden loss of their fervent leader and hounded by the state. It's worth reflecting on the layers of complexity surrounding the Kremlin's involvement in Navalny's life and now his death. From the life-threatening poisoning with a Novichok nerve agent, through his audacious return to Russia, to his multiple imprisonments, Navalny's existence itself was an affront to certain powerful factions. The international community waits, observing if transparency will ever pierce through the dark veil of this story as calls for a legitimate autopsy and unbiased inquiry go unheeded. The Russian authorities offered a different perspective, maintaining their stance that Navalny died of natural causes, an assertion met with scepticism. And while the world watched, pondering the veracity of such claims, bereaved voices cried out for clarity, for decency and for closure. In the wake of Navalny's death, political scientist Tatiana Stanovaya 
surmised that the decision to show Navalny's body to his mother was an attempt to strike a deal, to return the body but under strict conditions that would prevent his funeral from becoming a rallying point for political dissent. Navalny's family stands at the centre of this intrigue, grappling with the very immediate and wrenching task of bidding him farewell, while the geopolitical narrative around his death continues to be written. The death of Alexei Navalny has not only left behind a trail of grief, but also a flurry of international reactions and pressing questions around the circumstances and aftermath. Following the announcement of Navalny's passing, his mother, Lyudmila Navalnaya, embarked on a heart-wrenching journey just to catch a glimpse of her son one last time. As she reaches the morgue in Salakard, instead of closure, she finds herself at the centre of a tug-of-war with Russian authorities. Lyudmila alleges she's being coerced into agreeing to a secret burial, a proposal that would deny many the chance to pay their respects to the man who dared to challenge a powerful regime. She describes being escorted to a fresh grave on the outskirts of a cemetery, faced with the threat that if she doesn't comply, she may never see her son's body again. The bleak scenario painted by Navalny's mother exposes a confrontation not just about the burial of a body, but about the right to remember and honour a person's life and cause. Lyudmila's courageous public address, demanding that her son's body be returned without conditions, echoes Navalny's own tenacity in the face of oppression. Internationally, there has been a cascade of solidarity and condemnation. The White House has stepped into the dialogue with President Joe Biden personally meeting Navalny's widow, Yulia, and daughter, Dasha. He expressed his respect for Navalny's extraordinary courage and stressed the importance of continuing the fight for a democratic Russia where everyone is equal under the law. Political analyses suggest that by controlling the narrative around Navalny's death, the Russian authorities aim to quell any potential for his funeral to transform into a political symbol of dissent. Yet, Western governments and an ensemble of Russian opposition voices have directly accused the Kremlin of involvement in his death. Tensions are high, with hundreds being detained in Russia for attending tributes to Navalny and continuing his anti-corruption crusade. It is clear that Navalny's demise does not signal the end. His legacy is still unfolding, wake by wake, as advocates worldwide rally for transparency and the upholding of human rights. In life, Navalny had been an immovable force against corruption. In death, his narrative is far from silenced. It resonates in the hearts of those who carry on the torch of his unwavering spirit and in the international community watching Russia with wary eyes. As we reflect on Navalny's impact, it is imperative to consider not only the man himself, but the broader implications of his death for the future of Russia and the world's response to human rights abuses. His struggle and the global outcry that followed his passing are potent reminders that the quest for freedom often exacts a heavy toll, and yet hope and solidarity can also emerge from the darkest of times. Navalny's bold stance against corruption and his enduring hope for a different Russia carved out a legacy that will impact both his supporters and adversaries for years to come. Navalny's story isn't just a narrative of resilience in the face of overwhelming odds. It's a testament to the power of the human spirit. Thank you for joining us on Real News Deep Dive. 
Make sure you follow and subscribe to get the latest news each day.